0: Did you know that Colorado is home to eight James Beard Award nominees? Which, if you don't know what a James Beard is, it is actually a pretty big deal in the American food scene. And those nominees from Colorado include a semifinalist for the Best Chef Southwest and a semifinalist for Best New Restaurant. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native.
1: And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local.
0: Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado.
1: Today, we're talking about the Colorado food scene, including what kind of produce and ingredients are unique to Colorado and how they show up in restaurants and markets around the state. So the first thing we want to start with is what's in season in Colorado and when.
0: I'm really excited to talk about this. Me too. All of this. Being a chef, this is just like, this is perfect for me. I'm I'm amped. I'm pumped. So the growing season here in Colorado, it is really short. Um, It really is just about from mid-May until the end of September, which is only about four and a half months. And, And if you're in the areas of Denver... Uh, Southeast Colorado or Western Colorado you can maybe extend that by an extra month, but not by much and For that reason it is actually why Colorado is really known for its meat it's particularly game meat some other things that come from here is the Palisade peach which is a really delicious peach it's bigger it's juicier than just a like a normal Georgia peach. And it comes from Palisade, Colorado, which is near Grand Junction. And they have a festival every year around mid-August. And it's really, the peaches are delicious. Try one if you never have before.
1: So you're talking about the Palisade Peach Festival. Yes. In Palisade, Correct. Colorado. Yeah. And then so the peach season is from August to September. Right. So it's mostly like the beginning of fall, end of summer, and it's shorter too. So you have to like really get in there right when they're starting to ripen. Mm -hmm. So are there any other Colorado specific foods that grow here?
0: Well, there's the uh, Pueblo Chili Pepper, which is very similar to the New Mexican Hatch Chili, uh, except it's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit meatier. Around the time of year when they're harvested in August, September, and October, you'll see those giant rotating drums with the flames coming out of it, roasting those things. They're super delicious. And the peppers are not quite as hot as a jalapeno, but it's not something I'd want to sit down and just eat a ton of.
1: And don't they have, like, a Pueblo Chili Peppers Festival or something around this time, too? Yeah,
0: they do. Um, Every time around harvest season, down in Pueblo, they have the Chili Pepper Festival, which is really fun to go to. Um, if you want to just make your face melt, it's delicious. (laughs) Kind of going with that, uh, melons also grow really well here because of that 300 days of sunshine. I'm not talking watermelons. I mean, like cantaloupes and honeydews, those types of things. Um, for those really sunny days, those melons are delicious. And when they're, when you pull off on the side of the road and grab one from a vendor, just try it. It's delicious. Be the best melon you've ever had.
1: Nice. All right. So let's continue talking about, we covered growing seasons a little bit. Let's talk about like foods that are specific to Colorado, um, not just produce.
0: So like we mentioned, some fruits and veggies are the Palisade peach, uh, the green chilies or the Pueblo green chilies, and then melons. But Colorado is really, really known for its game meat, particularly elk, duck, boar, antelope, beaver, bear, yak, and moose. Those are all things you can get. I don't know any place that sells most of those things, but...
1: Yeah, that was going to be my question. Where where can I go to get some yak or some antelope? I don't think I've ever seen that on a menu either. So that's interesting. I have seen elk, and we actually tried yak. And we, we did. We've had moose. Have we had bear before? No,
0: we haven't had bear. It's very, very gamey and very greasy.
1: Okay, interesting. All right.
0: So... To go with Colorado's many oceans, you can get some trout here, and that's really kind of the only fish that Colorado's known for. It's mountain and rainbow trouts. So um, it's
1: basically fish that come from the mountain, because otherwise there, were, there would be what, like lake trout? Because obviously there's no oceans here. Yeah. <laughs> that was the joke.
0: Freshwater. Okay. It's all freshwater stuff. hmm So bison and lamb are also two really big things from Colorado. Uh, They're kind of more of the farm meats that you actually think of when, besides just cows and stuff that come from Colorado, but in a lot of restaurants, you'll see them mention Colorado lamb. So there is a lot of that that comes here and it makes really good stuff.
1: So another food that before I moved to Colorado, I actually did hear a lot about, and I did not know the original origin of it or what it actually was, and that is Rocky Mountain Oysters. So, first of all, tell me what it is, and then let's let's talk about some different names that it's called.
0: Well, they're actually just bull balls.
1: Bull testicles. That's right. All right, on a menu.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, people give Colorado a hard time about these Rocky Mountain oysters, but I have actually never been to a restaurant and seen that on the menu. So... No. But if I were given the chance, I would absolutely try it. So, the hilarious names that this is also known as um, is Cowboy Caviar, Montana Tender Groins, (laughs) Dusted Nuts, and my favorite, Swinging Beef.
1: Oh my gosh. I I really want to see Dusted Nuts on a menu. I
0: want to see Swinging Beef.
1: (laughs) Alright, getting back to the topic at hand, another uh, two... Of, I guess, my favorites that I enjoy eating in Colorado. First one being the green chili smothered burrito. Oh, yeah. Which is a very Southwest influence food. And the Denver omelet.
0: Yes, the Denver omelet was named after Denver and kind of named after the peppers that grow here. So, if you don't know what it is, it's just an omelet with peppers. Um, If you're going to be authentic, go with the Pueblo pepper. Has onions, ham, and cheese. It's one of my faves.
1: Yeah, it's really, really good, and you can get it everywhere. I've had it in Texas and other places. Although, like you said, if you wanted to be really authentic, you would get it with a Pueblo pepper. Um, But the Denver Omelette is on menus all over. Totally. So I do have a question for you. Are there any foods that are very coloradan or nostalgic for you that you associate just coming from this state or when you were growing up?
0: So definitely I would say the melons that I mentioned earlier. I remember summers always having really tasty melons. My mom would cut them up and I'd enjoy them pretty much all the time. And that's very iconic for me. And it's something I always look forward to when it comes to the season for them to be harvested. So Um, you're
1: talking about honeydew melons and... Uh, Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. Yes.
0: They have a a different name here, Rocky Ford cantaloupe. Um, So if you ever find that particularly... Super delicious. Um, the other thing that is super nostalgic for me, and this totally Coloradan, is Casa Bonita. I remember going there as a kid.
1: Okay, so this isn't a particular food. it's no, a restaurant. It's
0: a restaurant. We'll explain more about what it is <laughs> in the next part. But Casa Bonita is a restaurant, a Mexican restaurant in Denver. And then I would always, we'd go. My family, we'd always go to Water World in the summer where it's just a, just a water amusement park, and then afterward, we'd go to Casa Bonita. It's just something we did, and it's something that's very nostalgic for me.
1: Nice. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about the food scene. So not just growing seasons and the types of food, but I want to talk more about specific restaurants and local eats that people can experience when they come to Colorado. There is definitely a booming food culture here, and it's actually, Colorado is actually home to famous celebrity chefs, um, specifically some top chef contestants that we've actually watched on Top Chef.
0: Yes. Um, There is Four by Brother Luck here in Colorado Springs.
1: Now, Brother Luck is his real name. Yeah,
0: his first name is Brother, second Mm -hmm. name Luck. Cool, really cool guy. Um, When we
1: actually went into Four, so we went there in Colorado Springs last year sometime. He was in there with his team yeah. talking and, and training with them. Yeah. So we actually got to see him, mm-hmm. which was cool.
0: Um, there's also Black Belly and Santo by Josea Rosenberg up in Boulder. And he actually was the winner of his season of Top Chef. So, I mean, that's really something.
1: Yeah, we've never been to Black Belly. But we did try Santo, and yeah. that was really good. It's basically like a brunch-lunch place, and it was really delicious.
0: He is known for his Southwest cuisine. He's originally from New Mexico. Um, then there is also Bardo by Carrie Baird in Denver, and that place is super-duper good.
1: So when we say Bar Dough, it's spelled like pizza dough. Yeah. So um, it is a pizza place. Yes.
0: It's a bar with dough. Yeah. Yes. And I think that of these places that we've been, from the Top Chef uh, nominees, or contestants rather, that Four is my favorite. I just like the concept of the restaurant. It's all about uh, the huntsman, the fisherman, the farmer, and the gatherer. And you Mm -hmm. can order a menu containing those four things, as it's named Four. Um, So it's just a neat concept, really good food, and it's very seasonal.
1: Yes, all these restaurants are very seasonal. They use seasonal ingredients. They change out their menus every season, and it's really delicious. I agree with you. I think Four is probably my favorite. I love the atmosphere, and also it just happens to be in Colorado Springs, which is closer to where we live than having to drive to Denver or Boulder. Yep. I want to also go into some other restaurants that are our personal favorites on the Front Range that we have tried or we would recommend to other people try.
0: So if you're... Up in the mountains, or if you're in Breckenridge particularly, and you're skiing, um, there's a restaurant there called Hearthstone, and that was where you had your best uh, carrot cake you ever had.
1: Mhm. It was really, really nice. It was a little fancy, so you, you don't want to just like show up in your you know, your ski boots or something. Right. You do have to make a reservation. We went there in the evening, so we were there for our anniversary and the food was really, really good. I think you got elk or something, or elk chops mm-hmm. or something. Um, I don't remember what I had. I just remember the carrot cake and it was so good. It was really, really awesome. And the staff was super friendly and everything too. And and so that's just like a little local owned place. It's been there a long time. It's an old building.
0: It's actually an old house. It's like a Victorian house. Mm -hmm. So you're eating in a house, which is a a unique feeling.
1: Yeah. It was really cool.
0: Um, like I said, mentioned before Casa Bonita. So this is something that you might've seen on the show South Park. Uh, My cousins who live in California, they watched an episode of South Park with Casa Benita, and then they came and visited, and we were talking about it, or me and my parents mentioned it, and they were like, that place is real? Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's real. It's a giant pink building. Uh, It's kind of like Disneyland. You go inside, you go through, and you get your food, and then they seat you. And there's literally caves and a waterfall with cliff divers, a gorilla that runs around in a suit, a guy in a suit, with a catcher trying to chase him around. You can go through Black Bart's cave, you can go into the arcade. It's ridiculous. It
1: is ridiculous. Let's just also say that this is not a gourmet restaurant. This is not any of the restaurants that we would go to or recommend people unless you're just trying to go to some random culture place of Colorado that is like an inside joke. It's It's not going to be the greatest food you've ever eaten.
0: It's totally iconic Colorado. And it's... It's something that you got to do. It's so fun.
1: And then just also for everybody who, you know, Colorado is definitely known for being really open-minded and, you know, Boulder specifically and everywhere, really. They have a lot of options for gluten-free or vegan or vegetarian or whatever. Not at Casa Bonita. So don't even bother.
0: (laughs) There's actually a sign that's like, if you have any food allergies, deal with it or bring your own food. Yeah. It's essentially what it says.
1: So, um, all right, moving on. One of my personal favorites is called Denver Biscuit Co. And it's Denver Biscuit Company. They originally have locations in Denver. And they recently, uh, within the last year, opened up a location in Colorado Springs. And it is so amazing. They have the giantest... That's not really proper English. But they have giant (laughs) biscuits. Like the biggest biscuits you will ever eat. And they're made from scratch. And they put them between uh, or you know they let you can eat it like a sandwich and with chicken and bacon and eggs so it's like a brunch place. Um, you can also turn those into biscuit French toast. Oh, yes. And pour, you know, syrup and everything else. And then they also have the hugest cinnamon rolls you will ever see. Like, four people can eat these cinnamon mm-hmm. rolls. So, anyway, if you're into indulging on a Saturday or Sunday for brunch, um, the Denver Biscuit Co. is an amazing place to eat.
0: They, yeah, the sandwiches that they bring you is like a thick, fluffy biscuit with a chunk of fried chicken with some uh bacon on it, and then a fried egg on top with another biscuit on top. Mm-hmm. And literally, okay. to eat it, you have to, like, unhinge your jaw.
1: Well, a fork and knife, basically. No, you have to yeah. unhinge your jaw.
0: They don't bring <laughs> you... No, they do. <laughs> so, next place. Um, award-winning cuisine is from Carlo's Bistro. This place is really delicious. This it's- is, like, classic, good, kind of uppity food. It's, it's very... It's delicious,
1: And it's in Colorado Springs, so yes. if you want to try it, mm-hmm. um, we've been there, and it is really, really good. Like you kind of mentioned, it's a little bit dressier of a place. You'd want to go there on a special event. Food's kind of expensive, but it is amazing. It's award-winning cuisine, and it's um, here in Colorado Springs. Yes. So you have to drive a little bit if you live in Denver.
0: So kind of going with the fancier food that we just talked about, um, anything in the Broadmoor, anything that is associated with a really classy hotel. The food will be super good. Here in Colorado Springs, we have a a restaurant or a um, a hotel that was opened in the 1800s called the Broadmoor, five star place. Anything that's associated with that is going to be delicious.
1: And that is near Cheyenne Mountain. Correct. So it's really it's really good. It has this little lake near it, and the grounds are really pretty. It has amazing what is it called greens greenskeeper, a greenskeeper, and it has this a really awesome golf.
0: It, it was yeah, like the golf course is golf so course. nice yes. that they had uh, the U.S. Open. It happened there a couple years ago, so it was like where the golf tour started, which pretty big deal.
1: Yeah. Um. All right, moving on to some places that we enjoy that are not necessarily for special occasions only. We love going to Rubio's Coastal Cuisine. Uh, They actually have locations in Denver and Boulder, multiple locations in Denver, actually. Uh, We found this place when we were living in Boulder. We just walked into the... What's the mall called? I forgot the...
0: Uh, Flatirons.
1: The Flatirons Mall. And uh, there it was. And we're like, oh, let's try this. And it was so good.
0: Yeah, it actually is. It's phenomenal food. It's, It's what I would consider to be Baja cuisine, so... It's Mexican, but it's coastal Mexican, so it could be called Californian as well, but uh, all their stuff is like shrimp tacos, burritos, it's...
1: Yeah, they have like mahi burritos, mahi-mahi, mahi-mahi tacos, uh, I like the chicken tacos the most, I mean, those are really Adventurous. good. Adventurous. I know, but they are, they yeah, fish and shrimp and chicken stuff and tacos and burritos, and they have this really amazing secret sauce, which is really good.
0: Yes, it's phenomenal. Um, then there's also the GB fish and chips. I imagine that the GB stands for Great Britain, but, uh, it's named the best fish and chips in Denver and it's right across the street from Sloan Lake. It's
1: well, they have multiple locations, but that's a location. That's the one we go to. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Fish and chips is, I used to live in Seattle, so it's something that's pretty, it's not something that you get. Readily, very well done in a lot of places. This place does it great.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really good. You get to eat outside if you want to under like an umbrella, and yeah. they have lots of different options. You actually like the combination yes. plate that they have. Yeah,
0: it has uh, squid, scallops, tilapia, cod, which is typically what fish and chips is, um, and prawns. Mm-hmm. But my favorite was actually the squid and the scallops. Oh, Lord. Take me away. That was so good.
1: (laughs) And then next on our list, um, which is another fish place. So I think we're getting like a fish theme here. We really like seafood. (laughs) It's called Bamboo Sushi, and it's in Denver. Uh, They're actually a sushi place that was originally from Portland, and they boast a lot of sustainable seafood. And the atmosphere is really awesome, but, I mean, it is some of the best sushi you and I have ever had. And like you said, you lived even in... Uh, Seattle, and so it's like right there on the ocean, and we used to get sushi a lot there. And this is very common.
0: Yes, this is the best sushi I have ever had. Um, there's some really unique things that they're doing there. It kind of has a hipster vibe, where you go in and they're talking about togarashi and using these big words that a non-foodie will just look like a deer in headlights when you're trying to explain it to them. Um, but they do some really cool stuff. You can go in there and talk to the waiter and be like, "Hey, brotato, I just want to spend fifty bucks or so. Bring me fifty dollars worth of sushi." And he'll be like, "I." Well, he might not be like that, but he'll be well, like,
1: "What's a brotato?" <laughs> how how millennial are we showing right now, and hey. getting into our. <laughs> All right. But yes, it's really, really good. And you can request, like, I want to try different things if you're super adventurous and give them a budget and they will bring out food and it will be almost exactly to that budget. You said it. You took
0: the words right out of my mouth.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, So Carrie and I, we love to go to brunch and our favorite place is definitely Snooze. They just opened a location here in Colorado Springs, but they are known to be in Denver and Boulder. Um, they actually have now kind of branched out, and they're in other states. I know there's one like in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's one, there's some in California and uh, Las Vegas, I believe. Um, but my God, that's that's quintessential brunch. It's it's really good. It's really well done.
1: They're usually pretty busy too, oh, so yes. you'll want to get there. You'll probably have to wait a little while, but it'll totally be worth yeah. it. And we've, we've gone there many times. Uh, the first time I ever tried it, I don't remember what the year was, but I tried it in Denver when I was here for a conference and uh, it was really delicious. And then they have opened up other locations across the state and it's been really, really good. One of my favorites. Yeah. Next up, um, let's talk about our favorite ice cream place.
0: So Sweet Cow, it's a place that's in Denver and Boulder. Uh, It is delicious. They do some really cool stuff. With their their flavors of ice cream, um, like cereals. you can go order Captain Crunch ice cream, you can go order tricks, ice cream, fruity pebbles, anything and it seriously tastes exactly like you're eating a bowl of tricks.
1: And they do have a rotating menu. So you can go in one week and try something and then some of the stuff may still be there in a couple weeks, but they may have also changed it out for other things. So you don't get bored. There's always something new to try. I don't know if you guys are as obsessed with uh, Trader Joe's butter cookies like I am, but we just (laughs) had that a couple weeks ago when we were in Denver and they have a Trader Joe's, actually I think it's called Joe's Cookies flavor Mm -hmm. and it had pieces of trader joe's butter cookies in it and that's what they do with their uh where you're talking about their cereals and everything like if you get lucky charms cereal which i had before you will have lucky charms marshmallows in there too really good
0: my favorite from there it's called the lebowski which is a white russian um flavored ice cream which if you've seen the movie the big lebowski that's what the main character is always drinking super tasty
1: Finally, I do want to mention one of our favorite burger places. It was called Lark Burger and more recently has changed to Lark Spot. They have locations in Boulder, Denver, and Colorado Springs, as well as other locations across the state. And it is the most delicious burger I think I've ever tasted.
0: Yeah, it's they make it there fresh. It's really juicy. Um, never frozen. It's It's really good. You can um, get
1: it. Any type of um, cook, so you can get it rare, medium rare, you know, well done, whatever your preference is. And you actually don't eat the burger there so much, you actually eat the tuna burger.
0: I know, we talk about all this fish and chips. I I was was hesitating to mention that I go to a burger place to get a tuna burger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's good, though. It's really delicious, and they have super fresh ingredients, and we really enjoy it. All right. Um, Anything else you want to add to our experiencing local food in the Colorado food scene?
0: Get out and try anything. Everything, you probably won't be disappointed. You'll you'll find some things that are just amazing. It's so much fun to try your local cuisine. So if you're a newbie or you've been here for a long time, just go try something new. Try something different. It's being explorative is one of my greatest things that I enjoy.
1: Yeah, you'll never run out of things to try. There's always something new and there's always plenty of things to test out and see if you like it. Alright, every show we like to end with a tip for finding free or frugal activities in Colorado. The Denver Barbecue Festival is being held this year at the Mile High Stadium on Father's Day weekend. And this is their second annual event, so it's expected to continue coming back uh, every year. Entry is actually totally free. Um, They do offer barbecue and beverages that you can purchase, as well as an all-inclusive VIP pit pass. If you really want to get into like your meat and talk to the pit masters and everything, that's a $100 per adult for that ticket. And there's going to be over 18,000 pounds of mouth-watering barbecue meat at the festival. So if you have a father and he wants to do something like that for Father's Day, that could be a great free thing that you could take him to and you just pay for some barbecue and beverages that you want to
0: taste. And that does sound pretty amazing. I would, I would love to go have a nice flat warm beer and walk around Mm -hmm. and get some really outrageous barbecue
1: Eighteen thousand pounds
0: that's that's a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that pretty much sums up this episode thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it and to learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared visit our website hashtag coloradolife.com and if you like the show please leave us a review it helps us get discovered by new listeners and we'd love to hear what episodes you all enjoy
1: Thank you again so much for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.